6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck completes his teaching on the book of Proverbs, chapters 15 through 19. How much better it is to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding rather than to be chosen than silver. That's sort of the theme all the way through here to put a priority on wisdom rather than material things. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, these, these encapsulations of truth are designed to be memorized. You realize that the fathers that were teaching the children, they didn't necessarily have books or copy. You know, they, the, the, these things, that's one of the... the, the uh, the packaging here is to facilitate memorization. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Boy, that, that echoes throughout the whole scripture. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Indeed, that's the way we started in the early part of this book. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. There's a tough one. Verse 22. The instruction of fools is folly. Boy, oh boy. The, um, that's a tough one to deal with. Are you wasting your time? Is this what Jesus meant when he said you shouldn't cast your pearls before the swine? There are places where, yes, you never miss a chance to declare the gospel. But at the same time, it's not your burden for them to accept it. It's your burden to declare it. But, but uh, badgering and trying to instruct a fool is folly. It tells you right up front. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to thy soul, and health to thy bones. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That sounds familiar because that's word for word the same thing we encountered in the 12th verse of chapter 14. It also is an echo all through the book of Judges and the Torah. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It's an indicative of moral decay. One of the strange things, that phrase that occurs throughout Judges and portions of the Torah are an indicator of how low they'd sunk in that society. That they did what that was right in their own eyes rather than what God had instructed. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. The ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is a burning fire. A froward or perverse man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth, separateth chief friends. You know, it said that some people will believe anything if it's whispered to them. <laughs> I can remember at Ford once, we had an advertising campaign. It wasn't a very successful one, but I've never forgotten the copy. It was swift as a rumor and silent as a secret. <laughs> they tried that for some advertising. But uh, 
A whisper separateth chief friends. A violent man entices his neighbor and it leadeth him into the way that is not good. He shutteth his eyes to devise for, uh, for, forward or perverse things. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. Again, it's echoing the same fundamentals. The hoary head is the crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. There again, the same thing. Ruling your mouth is as important, maybe more so than ruling the military, taking a city, or what, what other objectives you might have. And the last verse of chapter 16 is a very profound one. The lot is cast in the lap, but the whole disposing there is, thereof is the Lord, is of the Lord. You know, there, there are two concepts in mathematics that we cannot find in the physical universe. One is infinity, and the other is randomness. The great discovery of 20th century science is that the universe is finite, not infinite, both in the macrocosm and also in the microcosm. But it's interesting, the other concept that we discover is elusive is random, randomness. In computers, you have what they call a random noise generator, but it's a pseudo-random noise generator. You can't really get true randomness and, uh, by definition. And there's a whole new field of mathematics, called they call it the theory of chaos, which really gets into the whole issue that there isn't anything that you can define that is truly random. And uh, it's interesting, that's exactly what the Bible says. We think of a lot or casting a dice as, as a, a random process, but the... But, as you know, Einstein said, God does not play dice. The subtitle is, if he did, he'd win. <laughs> because there is no randomness. Everything, everything is, is his disposal. So I'm always reminded about the, uh, the, the Jewish fellow that was every day, he'd go to the synagogue and pray, Lord, let me, please, God, let me win the lottery. Please, God. He did that every day for several years. Every day. Pre please let me win the lottery. Finally, one day, he's in the synagogue praying that. A cloud shows up, light shines up, and a voice from heaven says, Abe, buy a ticket. <laughs> anyway, the uh, book of Esther is another example of this, and uh, where uh, she, you know, uh, God intervened behind the scenes, delivered the people, and the Jewish feast of Purim, which means the lot, is uh, celebrated to this day of, of the providence of God. No, it's all, everything is in his control. So if you play the lottery and don't win, that's God making a statement, okay? Okay, better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifice with strife. Boy, sacrifices don't do it unless they're in of the Lord. A wise servant shall have rule over a son that called the shame and shall have a part of the inheritance among the brethren. A wise servant shall have rule over the son. That is the son that causes shame. And he'll have a part of the inheritance. The finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. And we're going to find out how he tries it in a shortly here. The wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. A liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Your ear should be also... Ordained of God. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker, and he that is glad at calamity shall not be unpunished. Boy. And here we have grandchildren. Children's children. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. You know, the, the, the joy of grandchildren. You all, I'm sure you've always heard that many people say that if I'd known how much fun the grandchildren were, I would have had them first, right? 
I usually point out that what makes the, you know what makes grandchildren and grandparents such natural affinity, natural friends? They're united by a common enemy. Right? <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. See, the, high, the, 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 the higher responsibility you have, the more conspicuous, the bigger shame it is, is, a, is a, something that's lying lips. A, a gift is, as precious, is a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it. Whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, and he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. Here's again, gossip. Repeateth matter. It doesn't mean it has to be untrue to be evil. It's a matter that separateth very friends. A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. In other words, a reproof, a criticism, entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. An evil man seeketh only rebellion, therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Let a bear, let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. <laughs> the bear that's robbed of her whelps, you can imagine an angry bear, you don't want to run into one of those, but even worse, a fool in his folly, as it will come. Whoso rewardeth evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. Man, you, can, you, can, uh, you could go through the whole field of literature, classic literature, and, uh, and uh, find examples of the role of guilt and the role of, uh, of, of rewarding evil for good and vengeance and those things drives most literature. Evil shall not depart from his house. Boy, boy. David murdered Uriah. And the sword did not depart from his house. The beginning of strife is when one letteth out water. <laughs> Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. <laughs> Once it starts, it's hard to quit. Huh? He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. Get that. He that justifies the wicked and he that condemns the just. Those are two evil sides of the same evil coin. Both are an abomination to the Lord. You know, it's hard to, hard to realize. We tend to think of the imperfections in our, in our courts, um, our justice system. We worry about the innocent, um, uh, uh, innocent person being convicted, and that's, a, that, that's terrible. We don't really get as concerned as we should that when the guilty go free, it may not be just as terrible. It's probably more multiplicative. And both are an abomination to the Lord. Wherefore is there a prince in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? A friend loveth at all times. A brother is born for adversity. A friend loveth at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. A man void of understanding striketh hands, becometh a surety in the presence of his friend. Big mistake. We talked about that earlier. He loveth transgression that loveth strife. And he that exalteth his gate seeketh destruction. Again, it's pride at the root of all that. He that hath a perverse heart, forward heart, findeth no good. And he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. Again, echoing the same thoughts. He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow. And the father of a fool hath no joy. The father of a fool hath no joy. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. 
indeed. How many people are really suffering from a depression that's far worse than the organic issues that may be behind the scenes? A wicked man taketh a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. A wicked man taketh a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. In other words, bribery. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to the father and a bitterness to her that bore him that's echoes the previous one he had. To punish the just is not good, nor to strike princes for equity. He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and the man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Sparing words again. Even a fool, when he holdeth it, I love this one. It's almost humorous. This is almost humorous. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that sheddeth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. <laughs> I love that. In other words, even a fool, if he just keeps, shuts up, he'll, they'll assume he's wise. He'll be esteemed a man of understanding. <laughs> that sounds funny. Through desire a man, having separate himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. When the wicked cometh, then cometh also contempt, and with ignominy reproach. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Boy, what a contrast to some of the, 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 the cesspool that's in the past. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked to overthrow the righteous in judgment. Again, equity and judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the uttermost, innermost parts of the belly. These are all echoes of the previous lesson we had. He also that is he that also that is slothful his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. It's a sin to be slothful. Bad stewardship. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth to it and is safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Indeed. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Psalm 91 is your footnote there. The rich man's wealth is a strong city and has a high wall in his own conceit. Therefore, before destruct. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it is folly and a shame to him. Boy, that, that could be a, that's an important, important, uh, something we need to cement in our consciousness. The only absolute barrier to truth is the presumption we already have it. He that answers the matter before he heareth it is a folly and a shame to him. That goes back to the Matthew 18 thing we were talking about earlier. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. In other words, don't listen just to the first, first argument. The lot causeth contentions to cease and parteth between the mighty. The lot. One of the ways to resolve something is to flip a coin. The lot ca causeth contentions to cease and parteth between the mighty. 
A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. Edom and Jacob, uh, uh, Esau and Jacob. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and the, with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Boy, oh boy. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And here's one that I can testify to. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. I bask in that one. The poor useth entreaties, but the rich answereth roughly. <laughs> a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Okay, one more, and we'll call it an evening. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Better is the poor that walketh in integrity. Boy, uh, can you list examples of that one? Also that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. Haste makes waste is another way we sometimes summarize the flavor of that, I think. The foolishness of man perverteth his way, and the, his heart fretteth against the Lord. Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've experienced that too. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. There are some organizations we always say that no good deed goes unpunished, but in any case, uh, this is more accurate. A false witness shall not go unpunished. Many will entreat the favor of a prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He pursueth them with words yet they are wanting to him, the poor. He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. A false witness shall not go unpunished, but he that speaketh lies shall perish. Echoing what we said before. Delight is not seemly for a fool, much less for a servant to have rule over princes. It's not seemly. The discretion of man deferreth his anger and is a glory to pass over a transgression. It is his glory to pass over transgression. The king's wrath is as the roaring of a lion, but his favor is as dew upon the grass. How exquisite, how elegant a communication. A foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. Boy, what a critical decision in life to get the right wife. House and riches are the inheritance of fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. I can testify to that. I can testify to that. What a blessing. Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Or as Paul said to the Thessalonians, he that doesn't eat, doesn't, he that doesn't work doesn't eat. Right? He that keepeth the commandment keepeth his own soul, but he that despiseth his way shall die. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. Think about that. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. And he that hath, he hath given, will he pay him again. And it's interesting, you cannot make God your debtor. Whatever you do in favor of the Lord, he, he will always return in abundance. That's what Malachi 3.10 and other passages. Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Boy, if we could only... Uh, somehow summarize that in our culture. 
the, the undisciplined children. What a nightmare when you travel. You see some of the nightmares that parents are doing for fear. Now, you don't punish your children. You should discipline. There's a big difference. But chasten thy son while there is hope and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Or you'll reap the whirlwind. A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment. For if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. Once won't be enough. You're going to do it again. Interesting, interesting insight. A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment. For if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. You see, he's not a horse thief because he stole a horse. He stole a horse because he's a horse thief. Here counsel, receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many devices in man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. The desire of man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. Indeed. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. A slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom, and shall not so much as bring it to his mouth again. An alternate translation here is that a slothful man buries his hand in the dish. Man, that's lazy. He's so lazy he can't even pick food up to his mouth. That's laziness. Smite a scorner, and the simple will be, beware. And reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. He that wasteth his father and chases away his mother is a son that causeth shame and bringeth reproach. Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that caused to err from the words of knowledge. A godly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. Judgments are prepared for scorners and stripes for the back of fools. I'm going to, now, one of the things we're obviously facing here, there's such a hodgepodge that you, these things aren't clustered by topic. And I think that's deliberate by the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you why. I'm going to give you a project to consider. Consider getting a log book, preferably a, you know, not loose leaf, a bound book in a, you know, blank, blank pages, or even better yet if it's numbered by 1 through 31, so much the better. In the first month, what I want you to do, each day of the month... Read that chapter of the book of Proverbs in the morning. First thing you get up, whatever else you do in your devotions is great, but include the proverb chapter that corresponds to the date. You with me so far? At the end, that's in the morning, you read the chapter for that date, 1 through 31. In the evening, before you go to bed, jot down the verse that proved to be the most relevant for that day. Go back and skim through that little chapter, you know, the chapter you read, and pick the verse that meant the most to you for that day, that seemed to be the most relevant the advice that you took and you won with or the advice you failed to do, whatever, that, that's neither here, just the one that was most relevant for that day, okay? Then what you do, month number two, I want you to do the same thing again. Do exactly the same. Read the chapter and at the end of that day, pick the verse that meant the most and you'll discover it's not the same verse. So you're going to discover it's sort of like a diet. You don't eat all your meat on Mondays and all your vegetables on Tuesdays and all your, you know, you follow me? You have a, 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 a diversity of, of food. I think it's the same thing. And you're going to discover that each chapter, there'll be a verse that'll hit you between the eyes for your situation right there, and I think it's of the Holy Spirit. Now you say, gee, Chuck, that just, that's, that's just statistical randomness. I don't think so. And you have to conclude, I think you'll conclude yourself that there's something supernatural going on here. This is one way for the the Holy Spirit, to be your guide through the day.
Pick one chapter, skim it through. Not in lieu thereof, but in addition to whatever you normally do for your devotional reading, that's great. But keep your log just for fun to see, watch what happens. And I suspect that each month goes by, you'll discover the verse that will leap out at you as being relevant to your situation will be different. And I think it would be, be a constructive experiment. So you make a personal discovery that your most relevant verse will have been tailored for your specific day. It'll be meaningless for me to tell you about that. It's something that'll be priceless if you experience it yourself. Okay, for your next session, I want you to read Proverbs 20 through 24. Keep up your logbook on Proverbs, and we'll try to have some surprises for you next time. Let's stand for a closing word of prayer. Let's bow our hearts. Father, we just thank you for your word. But above all, Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who indeed is wisdom and dwells within us. We pray, Father, that you would, through your Holy Spirit, open your word to our lives, help us to appropriate these treasures to our practical walk, if for no other reason than to be pleasing to you, Father, that we might, in some small way, be a joy to you rather than a shame. And Father, we also come before you on behalf of the predicament of our nation. We do indeed pray for the leadership at all levels that you might just bring us a miracle. But above all, Father, we would just pray that you would bring us a revival and let it begin with ourselves in our personal growth, our spiritual hygiene. Oh, Father, we would just seek to be more effective through your Spirit and through your Word more fruitful stewards of these great opportunities you put before us. As we commit ourselves this night without any reservation into your hands in the name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Proverbs. Download the K-House TV app to access an ever-growing collection of free resources. Visit the iTunes or Android app store, or search K-House TV on your Roku streaming device. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, May God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.